Hello, and welcome to Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. I'm Chris Delamere. And I'm Sam Bradley. Hello, bathers. Hello, bathers. Each week, we bring in a few audio dispatches. We look at their cuticles, give them a manicure, maybe put on some varnish or something, and, and see if they look any better at the end of it. First of all, we've got to address the issue of... Uh, the first piece of communal bathroom post that we've Ooh. ever received. It'd be good to have a post bag jingle. We don't have one of them, okay. so I'm just going to sort of rustle the envelope. Yeah. It's from Germany. It's from Germany. Deutsche Post. So, this is from Jonathan Hamnett. Very nice job. Front runner, I think, for number one fan of the show. I'm definitely number one fan of the show. Okay, he's the number one <laughs> fan of the show. I mean, he's he's gone to the effort of sending us something <laughs> yeah. from another country. Yeah. I think that's quite impressive. Now, I wonder what it is, Sam. I Do you want to have a feel whilst oh. it's still in the packaging? I mean, it's kind of bulbous. Hmm. It says very specifically here, please open on air. Which is what we're doing right now. So we're on air now. It's like Christmas Day in the bathroom <laughs> today. <laughs> Give it a shake. Can't it's tell. not Lego. It's not Lego. It's you always know Lego when you shake it. It's kind of rubbery. It is quite rubbery. Hmm. So he's put his uh, return address on there, so Jonathan can maybe expect... Some post from the bathroom Ooh. in the future. Chris is going to send him his toenails. <laughs> <laughs> he could get a lock of your beard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, wow. There's a, an amazing card. That we've completely crumpled. <laughs> Feeling the bag we've crumpled the postcard. <laughs> On the front of this card is... A group of five gentlemen kneeling or cross-legged on a floor. They're part of some kind of weird orchestra. And they're wearing sort of elongated fezzes. It's quite a scene, man. And there's words on the back of it. It's a postcard. It's a genuine postcard. Don't drop it in the bath, Sam. Dear Bathstronauts. Which is a great name. That's a that's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Bathstronauts. I mean, we're going to struggle with that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Bathstronauts. Bat, no. or Bathstronauts, depending on which part of the universe you're from. Thanks for the last few hours of original, whimsical, sometimes meandering, but often triumphant podcast material. Amazing. Amazing so far, yeah. right? Chris, keep scouring the archive for those lost lo-fi gemstones. They're terrific. Sam, keep it unhinged. You often sound as if you're in on a joke nobody else was even aware of. Ooh. What are you tapping into, Sam? I, I don't know. Your dispatches often worry me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they arouse me. That's fair. Yeah. I got confused one time. Twice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Life's a mixed bag, too, I guess. Oh. Ooh. A plaintive little, <laughs> little note on the end there. Please find this little guy enclosed. Godspeed, Batherinos. Godspeed, Batherinos. He's good. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, and there's a little kiss. What I'm assuming is a kiss, unless he's slipped or something. <laughs> well, thank, thanks, thanks, Jonathan. So, who's this little guy? It's a pretty cool postcard, it and I'm really, cool. I'm really happy with that. Yeah, it's great. Thank thanks. you very much for your kind <laughs> words, Jonathan. We don't yeah. we don't deserve them because we're just flailing around in a bath. <laughs> um, we're having a lot of fun, and we're glad that you're enjoying it as well. So, who is this little guy? Oh, oh, oh my god that's so good it's a rubber ducky it's a yellow rubber ducky we got it and he's wearing headphones he's wearing headphones <laughs> he's listening to the show amazing he should be oh that's amazing okay. thank you very much jonathan 
So, on the bottom of this uh, rubber ducky, which will be our new bathroom conch, and also it will be called John the Duck, by the way. Or Jonathan. Or Jonathan the Duck. Jonathan the Duck? John the Duck? I like John the Duck. It's John the Duck. It's sort of Ed the Duck, kind of. Okay. Anyway, on the bottom of this uh, John the Duck, there is some sort of product coding. Batch number 2013851. And Jonathan has uh, very wittily added uh, disp in front of the batch. So it actually says dispatch number 2013851. I wonder if we'll ever get to that many dispatches in the show. I'll, uh... Maybe when that happens, John will just disappear into the mist. <laughs> we could do the math on this real quick. Uh, divided by six, about six dispatches. Yeah, on, on average, yeah. How many shows? How many shows do we have to do? That'll be in episode three hundred and thirty-five thousand six hundred and forty-one point eight three. So towards the end of the episode, it'll, yeah, I'll go. That should be in about thirteen thousand four hundred and twenty-five years. Okay, on our current bi-weekly schedule. Yeah. Well, John's going to be with us for a while, then, isn't <laughs> yeah. he? Before he disappears into the mist, which is like what I assume happens <laughs> when the dispatch number is complete. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Jonathan. We will use him yep. as uh, our bathroom conch. He will go from uh, from person to person as we lead our dispatches. And we really, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. Thank you very much for your parcel, John. Thank you. Okay, so we better get on with our dispatches. I also want to introduce something that we're going to try and do, maybe, through this show. I have a box of Brian Eno's and Peter Schmidt's Oblique Strategies. Now, uh, I don't know if people are aware of this. Brian Eno, obviously, is the famous record producer for Bowie and uh, is from Roxy Music and all that. And him and this other guy, who I don't know, uh, created these sort of prompt cards for if you're in a dilemma. Creatively. Uh, creatively. Which we often find ourselves in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it says in the introduction here, these cards evolved from separate observations of the principles underlying what we were doing. Sometimes they were recognised in retrospect, intellect catching up with intuition. Sometimes they were interf- identified as they were happening. Sometimes they were formulated. They can be used as a pack or by drawing a single card from the shuffle pack when a dilemma occurs in a working situation. So that that last bit there is probably how we're going to try and use them uh, I don't know how it'll work, but that may come up in the show today. Okay. So, I believe it's Sam first, so John the Duck is in your hands. I do have John the Duck. Right. So, hello, John. So, for my first dispatch, as we all know, I've been dreaming of a future rap career. Of course, Chris is the, the songwriting tour de force in our pairing. Um, but I've tried my hand at songwriting this week. Amazing. I think this is the first song that I've written... Effort? solo oh no i think i've written songs before but you there's always actually, been somebody yeah. else there yeah and we've written songs before I yeah. Think. yeah maybe on mm, a future episode mm, yeah, okay <laughs> we'll see how this one goes <laughs> but um i've created this from scratch on my own and i'm pretty proud of it and it's a yeah it's a rap song wow yeah so basically what i decided was uh i was cycling home one day and the idea for a hook came into my head as i was cycling home so what I did is I made a beat. This was many weeks later because we took a break from the bathroom. So this idea has been cooking in my brain for about a month. And then the other day I recorded a beat, um, which was made by hitting various bicycle parts with various bicycle tools. <laughs> and then uh, wrote some verses and some <laughs> lyrics, uh, which my darling girlfriend Sally helped out with a little bit. Oh. 
and yeah, recorded a rap song. So if I'm you're very, ready to go, I'm this, very is, this one's Hey Just Wait. Hey Just Wait. Some things right, or you'll be waking up in the hospital tonight. Put your suck, don't push luck, pump that shit straight up. Ride a tire on the wire, and you're gonna get stuck. I'm getting spanners out, tugging to the right, make it real tight, like so now. Charge it up full bright. Man, I know you wish you were Mark Cavendish, but keep on like that, and you'll be ending up in a ditch. Hey, just wait, check your tires and brakes, and said that. Hey, just wait, check your tires and brakes. Hey, just wait. Hey Sam is what I hear All the ladies going crazy for my fixed gear 48-15 is my ratio Making your head spin with looking how blazing fast I go You can't stop my flow, your whip is too slow Here I am, no hands cruised by everyone you know I hear you beeping, screaming, getting road rage in your roll cage Take that clutch and shove it up your front page Hey, just wait! We say get it in the metal, keep my pedal pushing easy. I hear you panting like a pug as you lug that fat ass up to my hood on that broke down rusty piece of crud. I don't know where to begin, but by the sound of your rims, you'd be safer going nowhere in your bike at the gym. Come look at my supreme dream machine, so fresh, so clean, sky call, put me on the team. Hey, just wait, check your tires and brakes and said that. Hey, just wait, check your tires and brakes. Holy shit, that was amazing. <laughs> yes. That was so good. I've been really proud of it. Well, you saw me as I was reacting to listening to that. For the first 30 seconds, I was I was <laughs> bent over laughing, clapping yeah. in the air. I was like a Pentecostal minister or something. <laughs> I, it had taken hold of me. What a beat. Yeah, I know. I was really, really proud hey, of that. Just right. that's so good i got that hook in my head on the way home we're gonna have to uh write a song together then because i've got (laughs) a feeling i might have to be the junior partner now (laughs) that's amazing yeah so tell me more about the inspiration well yeah i was just cycling home and i got the idea and then i've had this idea for ages i do listen to rap music like that's a thing that i listen to and so i thought oh i listen to rap music i know my way around hip-hop a little bit this can't be that hard (laughs) <laughs> it was really a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. All the vocal stuff was pretty difficult to do. It didn't come naturally at all. Recording the vocals took, I don't even know how many takes, and a lot of effort. And I was trying to get, I don't know, I don't really have a very good rap voice, so <laughs> I couldn't really figure it out. But the other thing that I kind of know about hip-hop, old-school hip-hop, is it's all about the boom and the bap, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you got to get your boom and your bap right. 
I was thinking, oh, I can kind of get a bat by like hitting various parts of the bike, but I couldn't get it. I couldn't figure out how to get a boom. So the the I managed to get a really good bass noise by like banging the tire on the floor. So I got oh, a right. And then fortunately, so I was I hit the bottle cage with a spanner, and it made a like a really weird like vibrating noise. And then those two on the top made a really nice bass noise. So. Amazing. I'm pretty pleased with and that, that. All of that percussion was made from bikes. Yeah, bikes and bike tools. That's just so good. Clinking them together. <laughs> it was like a public information kind of uh, rap as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah. But also the other thing I, I, I vaguely know about rap music is that you need to be as braggy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> My bike is right good. I am the best. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> so that's the basis of those lyrics. I like, I like the... Um, yeah. I'm the best because uh, my fixed gear bike ratio <laughs> is uh, much better than yours. Yeah, I wanted to make it sound like I actually knew what I was talking about. Well, so you I did because I didn't ner- understand nerd that references. bit, but it sounded, <laughs> it sounded good. It sounded like you would beat me in a in a street bike war <laughs> yeah. of some kind. That's my first foray into hip-hop. It completely stands up on its own. We don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> I, uh, the interesting thing about like um, you saying how it's difficult actually to do the vocals... They do an extraordinary thing with rhythm and flow. Yeah. Because you've actually got to like bend and stretch and, yeah, and was... make make the words do what you need them to do. What I realized was when I first did it, it was very, very rigid. And it was basically like the same rhythm and the same rhyme scheme over and over again. And it was kind of boring. And then the more I kind of practiced it while cycling around, <laughs> the better I got at like sort of finding a flow that was not quite, not just like dun 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 dun. You it's remember, difficult. you remember my um, fish rap that I wrote when yeah, I was about yeah. fifteen. Yeah, because I remember you you brought that up to me not long ago. Because it's great. I'm trying to remember how it goes though. You probably the know only it. the other bit I remember <laughs> is fishy wishy wishy mushy wishy mushy moo. I, I hope you, you should like fish too. too. Cod plays salmon skate. Haddock, Haddock trout. trout. Cod plays salmon skate. Haddock trout. That was my innocent bit. love for, for my, my fish. fish. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I got an old fish. I got a goldfish. I got a fish, fish with, with a death, death wish. wish. Yeah, the skirmish <laughs> made me squeamish. I went to beamish and I adopt a cod. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have some fish and chips without the fish. Keep the scalies in the rivers. Keep them swimming, swimming. <laughs> you never forget (laughs) once you get into that flow man you're right back there on the streets (laughs) sam bradley's knobbly knees don't be a tease please give them a squeeze if you ever find yourself in a bath with Sam Bradley, give his knees a squeeze. They're very knobbly, actually. Yeah. Uh, I always thought we we met each other in scouts. Yeah. Uh, and I always thought you were. That's why you were such an ace scout because you had the knees for it. Like you, gr- you looked like a proper scout when you're in shorts. Well, thanks, Chris. Mine looked like a mangled pork <laughs> joint, but you, yours looked like proper. You've got lovely legs, Chris. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's very kind of you, Sam. Anyway. It's John the Duck. Hey, hello, John. John, pass him over. If I squeeze him up to no, him, he no, does, he doesn't, no, he doesn't make a noise. That's all right. But that's that's why what we need a silent partner with lots of money. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's it's my turn. John is in my hands. It is my turn to lead on a dispatch. Street talk. 
talking on the street, talking to people out there in the real world. Out there in the real world. That is what is going on. Oh, scary. In my dispatch. Wow. This was an impromptu interview that I conducted on a night out. It was a Friday night. Uh, I'd been out with my brother Michael and his uh, friend Daryl Jones. <laughs> Shout out to Daryl Jones. Dazza, there you go. Shout out. You've made it. And I saw this man doing something that would interest you. Okay. And so I went over and had a chat with him. So this is this is the first part of an interview. Hello, this is Chris Delamere reporting for dispatches from the communal bathroom. It's Friday night, it's Sheffield. I've been in the Red Deer, I've had a few. And I spotted a man, the second story of a building, playing Kendama. And I've been... Uh, a couple of times abroad to the European Juggling Convention to see people play Kendama. And Sam Bradley, my fellow bather, plays Kendama. And I saw this man and I grabbed his attention by shimmying uh, up a bin onto a wall which was far too high for my sense of vertigo. And I got his attention and I said, hello, who are you? And uh, he said, come round, let's have a chat. And here I am by his the door of his place right now so hello hi how are you doing hi chris nice to meet you i'm chris what's your name i'm elliot nice to meet you elliot yes hello elliot you play kendama yes i do indeed this is amazing <laughs> my my brother is up uh what would you say that is nine foot wall Nine foot wall, the other side, which is the Red Deer. Have you ever been in the Red Deer, no, Elliot? I've not been to the Red Deer myself, no. I'm usually cooped up at home. So. Playing Kandama religiously. Yes, I, I try my very best to practice as much as possible. So. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Elliot, I have a friend called Sam Bradley, who is a British Kandama player. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I browse the Facebook Kandama community quite a bit. So, I was shouting at you from that wall. There was, wall, yeah. there was 10 foot high right there <laughs> from the pub. Yeah. I was saying, oh, shit, you play Kendama. I know, like, uh, Tokyo May. I've, oh, like, yeah, met no, Tokyo and I, I know all these guys. Yeah. And so you know these guys. You're aware of these guys. Of course. These are, like, the best in the game at the moment. And, you know, they're the ones I kind of look up to to pick up new tricks. I'm, I'm a, quite a new player, I think, less than a year right now. So that's kind of cool. You've been doing it for a year now. Close to a year, yeah. And so what gigs have you been to? Um, for myself, I've only played a lot of the local stuff. So in Singapore, we have a very small community. I think I could count it with maybe two pairs of hands. and that's oh, really? Yeah, so we just kind of play locally together. I've visited Korea to play with some of my friends as well. Uh, I mean, I've met some players from there. Uh, but aside from that, the upcoming event I'll be going to is um, the Kandama World Cup in Hiroshima. Yeah, that's in July. So you're going to Japan? Yes. That's which right. is a big deal for a Kandama player, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I just want to hang out. It's it's such a community thing, you know what I mean? Uh, just so, it's one of those sports which I never thought would have um, that warm community because it's such an isolatory sport, right? But yeah. you know, upon meeting some of these players online, I've uh, met some of them in Korea. I just think it's it's wonderful to come together and just play and learn new tricks. The thing is, like three years ago, I don't think the community was this big yet. Like, yeah, I think it only blew up about a couple, two, two, two years at most. So three years ago, it was still relatively small. Uh, mm -hmm. Not many people have heard about it, I think. Yeah, so I know that my friend Sam only got into it maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And he got into it. He likes, like, niche. Right. He likes, he likes, he likes uh, circus skills. Uh, yeah. So he got into it, like, through juggling and stuff like that. 
uh, and he saw some guy playing it and was like, hey, what's that? And he got into it that way. Um, those who played in Japan never really branched up for quite a bit. Like, it took a while. If you, if you just search on YouTube, you can't really find that much footage from before 2013 or something like that. So I think... I think there's a bit. There's like a bit like from about 2008, very, yeah. 2009 onwards. Very small, like very few yeah, videos, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the real deal, like when people started getting really um, revolutionary with their tricks, mm. like that came out like when people started integrating yo-yo tricks uh into the game like that was much later like post 2010 i think and what i find interesting so is the Dan- danish guys you a think whole a bunch of them yeah they think a big i think that. so i think like the pros especially like you know people like Thorkill, like they take the game to the next level every single time people like jake weens uh in america he's in san fran like these guys are constantly thinking of new ways to yeah. play the kandama yeah so uh, who's your inspirations in that kind of Personally, yeah, oh yeah. wow, uh, probably Dave Matteo. I think and Bonds, Bonsatron. Like he is, he he was the winner of last year's World Cup. So you know, Yo-Yo was kind of like the in thing in Singapore, right. like back, like way back. And it was through a friend who played Yo-Yo that told me like, hey, you know this new skill uh, toy that I'm trying to mess with, Kandamas. You want to see how it looks like? And I was like, okay, tried it. It it was tough. Like picking up, it is no it's easy hard. feat. Yeah, like just catching in the cup for the first time. I was like, the hell's going on but here? How good is that feeling when you first spike it? That is the best part. No, I, honestly, I think that's the best part. Like, and that's how you get addicted so fast. Like you, you first you go like, okay, I can't do this. That looks impossible. And there's also the discipline thing where you go. Okay, I got that one out of five. Yeah, Let's I can try and make that two, two out of five. five. Exactly, make that three out of five, and that's the whole thing about kendama. That is the whole thing about kendama. Okay, so that was an impromptu interview with a man called Elliot about yeah. kendama, which I realised before we played it, we probably should have introduced <laughs> as a concept to the listeners. Uh, do you want to explain what kendama is? Yeah, so kendama is a Japanese cup and ball game, and it's basically you have this wooden thing that's called the ken which has three cups on it and a spike. And you have a string that's connected to a ball that has a hole in it. So you can catch the ball on the can in the cups, or like you can balance it in various places, or you can catch it on the spike with putting the spike in the hole. Very hard to describe over radio. And you yeah. can also catch the can on the ball as well. But then there's thousands, millions of tricks that you can do combining all those different elements. That I was thought really- it was such a, a niche thing to just to see this random guy yeah. playing it. I thought, oh, I've got to go and have a chat with this well, guy. Well, it was, it was a good... It was in- amazing to know that it's a very, very small community in Singapore where he's from. He, he really knew what he was talking about. We yes, can literally yeah. spend the next hour talking about this. Well, this is the problem. I was sort of coasting by on my very limited knowledge Well, that's of not exactly Kendama. true, because... Okay, so I've been playing Kendama since 2010, I think. And uh, I've been to every British Kendama Open since and three european kendama opens yeah and i have never won the british kendama open but have come second twice and third a few weeks ago as well so was robbed yeah it's that it's that matt nicks man oh well he's very good he is very and good. he's a lovely fella as well yeah what a nice guy but at the european kendama opens chris came along as well just for a bit of fun that's right and of course there was very there was extremely famous or I mean, within the Kendama community, yeah. they're very famous, very popular guys. So that guy mentioned three American guys. But other than that, all the other guys that you mentioned, you've met before. Mm-hmm. And all the European, major European guys, both of us have met and hung out with. And Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, because I don't really know anything about it. 
I don't know that I'm next to Kendama royalty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I loved about uh, going to the festival to see them play, because it, it is just, it's, people are speaking in another language. Yeah, there is a language to it, and there's... Um... It's it's like a, it's a small community, but it's very spread out. So it's a very global community. Yeah. And even in Britain, like there's a small community of players, but we all live in different places, so we don't meet up very often. And so when there's big events, they're like big events. And then even in America, where it's huge, but it's only huge in very specific places. So this guy mentioned Dave Mateo as well. He he lives in La- Las Vegas right now, I think. And so there is this huge community there that he has kind of produced himself. He's, like, grown that community himself. And that happens in places when, like, really good players who, like, really want to push it, they've managed to grow these communities. Yeah. So I thought that was quite exciting, actually. Just, it was just, really Just meeting a guy. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know who I'm you were. I'm not as famous as I think I am. No. <laughs> that was unfortunate. That's fair, though, because he's only played he had a, a I'm, I'm. It got cut out. It, I mean, it was quite a long talk that we had together and we'll have a little bit of it again later yeah uh but we i did mention matt nixon he knew who he was and yeah so so you're 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 just a you're just a like a, a whisker away from yeah from this random singaporean man yeah. knowing who you are well that was the thing the whole as soon as he started talking i was like do i know this guy like who is he because i know i know a lot of people in kendama yeah and I kind of have a vague awareness of other people who play because there's a big, like, social media kind of thing around it. So you kind of pick up who's who and, like, what's going on. Uh, so I didn't actually know who he was. It would be interesting to know who his friend in Singapore was. I quite like how, because we didn't introduce what it was, we could have been talking about, like, a cult of some kind. Yeah. Yo-yo tricks and <laughs> such a warm community and everyone's just learning their tricks. It is. I mean, this... It's like being part of the stonemasons or something. So this is the kind of the most important part of Kendama really. I mean it's I I got really addicted to learning tricks and like it's really fun to just it's just a thing that you can practice on your own and you can take it anywhere and there's all these I could just go on about this forever. But the main thing that I've learned is basically everybody who I've met who plays Kendama is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like the coolest I, people I know are all like Kendama players and it's it's when we like when we went to Denmark last year it was just like Wow, I can I can like hang out with the cool kids for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've let you in. They are very warm, accommodating people. Yeah. And even though I had nothing to do with Kendama particularly, they uh, you they were, were very open. You were one of the better drinkers in the bunch, though. So you've got that. Okay, <laughs> we'll cut that reference. Out. <laughs> Come to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I have done in the meantime, whilst you were speaking there about Kendama, is I've drawn an oblique strategies card. It's probably good to divert me off this, because yeah. we could literally talk about okay. this forever. Okay, so, let's do it. What does it say? Disconnect from desire. All right. What do I desire right now? And how can I disconnect from it? I mean, it's a bad... Uh, disconnect's a bad word, because we'll, <laughs> we'll cut out one of the mics. We're very <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Maybe, well, let's do that. D- Okay. Which one? Um, Yours. All right. Oh, okay. So you've got to come round here now. It's like George and Paul doing the uh, <laughs> the harmony backup. We're sharing a mic now. Yeah, we're sharing. We're sharing a mic. This is uncomfortably close. <laughs> we have to get real close. <laughs> we disconnected. I can feel your beard on my face. Oh my god. This We've disconnected. Disconnected the mic, and now 
all of my desires are being fulfilled because <laughs> Sam's face is right up with my face. Hi there, bathers. <laughs> I just I just went in for a lunge for a kiss, and Sam fully just backed your, away. Your beard is very intimidating. All right. Well, maybe maybe another oblique strategy will get us back on track. <laughs> um, accretion. What does that mean? That's like where you build up stuff, isn't it? Accretion. I mean, to me, this means that I should probably get on your back. Like, we should carry on building this idea. How are we... What? You're going to get on my back whilst we... Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, like when things accrete, right? Hang on. Okay, I'm I'm now perched on the back of the... (laughs) I'm just going to look at what accretion is on on the internet. In astrophysics, accretion is the growth of particles into a massive object. See, we've grown as oh, people. That's really strange that they've followed on from each other. Yeah. So I'm now crouched on the chair and so we, kind of on Christmas. We back. are fully accreting right now. Yeah. I was hoping that actually that it would <laughs> it would resolve the situation so you would go back and sit on your chair. Well, let's keep going. This hasn't worked. We need to pull another one out. Reverse! Yeah, okay. Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> that worked out really well. Right. Get rid of that. That was silly, wasn't it? <laughs> we disconnected from desire, which meant we disconnected the mic. Sam came over to share my microphone. We accreted. Uh, some accretion was involved, so he sat on top of me. And then it was all getting rather uncomfortable, so we reversed it. Well, okay, what, an, back. Ex- what an excellent experiment. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea if that will translate in audio form, but it was quite uncomfortable. I'm glad it's over. We'll definitely do it again, though. Let's move on to your dispatch, Sam. John, I've lost John. <laughs> I've lost John. He's there. He was just hiding behind a mug. Uh, I've got him. Don't worry. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Hey, John. He is. Uh, okay. Now I've got John back. You know, Chris. Sometimes we have to go out there and search very hard and climb up various walls and annoy various people in order to get our dispatches. That's right. And sometimes dispatches just come to you. And. I was fortunate to be in one of these situations the other day. Now, my darling girlfriend, Sally, is currently in Spain sunning herself. And in order to prepare for this trip, uh, she decided she needed to wax her legs for the first time ever, apparently. She had never done this before. Um, And as a doting boyfriend and not somebody who thought this was going to be a great bit of podcasting material, uh, I offered to help. (laughs) And uh, she agreed to let me record this. Although she seemed to have forgotten that I actually did record it until I brought it up afterwards oh, no. and was slightly annoyed. But she, she's okay. Did this. she sign a release of consent form? Uh, I think I have an email somewhere that says it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I did ask her. It's a highlight reel oh, of wow. our Wednesday night waxing. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and also, because I'm an equal opportunities guy, so I allowed her to do one on me as well. So that's right at the end. Is that equal? You got one. She did the entirety of both of her legs. Uh, it's a it's a nice token gesture. <laughs> and let's listen to it now. You ready? Yeah. One. Oh. You ready? Yeah. What? You're such a bastard. Ready? Ow. Ah. 
like that. Ready? Do you have to ask if I'm ready? Of no. course I'm ready. Ready? Ah! Oh. Sam, look at me. You ready? <laughs> Don't tense. Oh, it doesn't hurt that much, but <laughs> do you get a lot? It's quite. It's all right. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's when you do it repeatedly nice in the same area. That's when it fucking. <sighs> wow. That, okay. That felt like a, an insight, a, a sort of fly on the wall, very yeah. incredibly intimate uh, situation. Yeah. Well, uh, interestingly, we didn't get through the whole box of wax strips. Oh. And remember when things got a bit uncomfortable before? Oh. Now, Chris, oh, this no. is just a suggestion. Right. But uh, I think it would be excellent radio. Shock. Shock tactics. <laughs> this is what you're working on here. Yeah. You think it'd be excellent radio? For us to each... Remove a bit of... Remove uh, a strip. Uh, yeah, I'm up for it. Okay, let's do it. So... You know, you see... We're two very contrasting men. Yeah. Uh, you're a sort of like a bean pole, if you don't don't mind me describing it that way. Uh, a, a bean pole, a hairless bean pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I, That's a like, reasonably good description. You're like a lamppost in human form. I am squarer, rotunda, shorter. Hairier. And much, much hairier. <laughs> I don't mind. The pain is not what I'm bothered, bothered about. It's having a, a square <laughs> of bald patch on my body. But... That's what you do for your podcast, isn't it? This is very interesting that you're doing this. That's all I'll say. Uh, I was going to suggest sh- belly hair. Uh, all right, it, I'm going to come around. All right. What? How do you? How do you want me? <laughs> if you attach the the wax strip, I will pull out another oblique strategy. Just before you do it, I'll say it, and then I'll have those thoughts in my mind at the time. Okay, Chris. I've got the wax strip ready. We smooth it on in the hair direct direction of hair growth, and then we rip it off in the opposite direction. Mm. Okay, so we've gone just to the left of uh, oh. Chris's happy trail. And I'm now stroking oh, his tummy. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, well, before you do this, I'm going to read this oblique strategy. Don't stress one thing more than... Ah! Another! Oh, that was not fully successful at all. Well, I've pulled off lots of hair, but there's still plenty left. (laughs) Don't stress one thing more than another. Yeah, well, you didn't. There was only one thing to do. You just pulled it right off. It didn't hurt that much, but I don't. I think that's because it just didn't take. We can go again. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. We're going again. Oh Jesus! I will have to pull another card then, won't I? I'm rubbing Chris's tummy, getting the wax strip on. We're doing a lot of very bathroomy stuff, actually. Yeah, exactly. This is perfect in the bathroom. Oh, I feel like this one's going to hurt a bit more. It's it's a bit rawer now that it's been done once. I feel like the wax has attached much, much more. Okay, so... Are you ready, Chris? Yes, I am. I'm going to read this card now. State the problem in words as clearly as fucking possible, shit bollocks! <laughs> That's as clear as it could be. Is that it? Yeah, it's just... I think we need stronger strips. Oh, I'm bleeding now, aren't I? So I've just sort of got gloop all over my hair. Some of some hair has been removed, and I'm bleeding. But I did state the problem in words as clearly as possible. <laughs> Fucking shit bollocks. 
Uh, do you want to do me, or you, shall we move on? Or? We can move on. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like I have to inflict any pain on you. All right. Thanks, Chris. I go to the bathroom to do all my toilets, but there's these two guys yakking on for the internet. I listen to them on the loo, if only their poor mothers knew the kind of things that these two do in the communal bathroom. It's a place I like to be, but boy, I'm glad it's not TV. I've seen some things I'd rather see in the communal bathroom. I think there's something wrong with San. I can't play his filth for my nan. And Chris is eating on the can in the communal bathroom. Hello there, bathers. Hello, bathers, or bathstro notes as you at some point might be known. Welcome back on our fantastic astronomical voyage. And here are Bathstronaut's mascot. I don't think Bathstronaut is ever going to catch on. It's really The more I'm saying it, though, I'm doing it better. Bathstronaut. We we just need practice. We do need practice. So, hello, bathers. Bathers. For now, bathers. Hello, bathers. John's journey over. That's how he swims. Drowning, apparently. (laughs) 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 Okay, John is in my hands. It is my turn again. And we're back with Elliot who I uh, interviewed in that first part there. I've got a second part, which is not about Kendama at all. So Elliot is from Singapore. Despite the fact that um, throughout the entirety of my interview with him, I kept referring to his home country as the Philippines. <laughs> because I'm a, a dick. Uh, and I'd had a few, and for some reason I got it into my head. And even he said Singapore a couple of times. And I just said Philippines and... He struck me as a super cool guy, because all Kendama people are. Yeah, of course. And Case in point. <laughs> I just asked him a few questions about how he found life in Sheffield. I do do this thing when I speak to people from other countries. I tend to be a little bit intrusive with my inquisitiveness. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was very accommodating. I actually bumped into him a week later. And I said, dude, oh, I was talking shit to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> he was really nice. Uh, what a nice guy And we'll find out a little bit about him Right now What do you actually <laughs> study then? Um, I'm liter- assuming you study, sorry Yes, yes, uh, I study literature and philosophy here Oh wow Yeah. I mean I'm on exchange so It's a coincidence I'm meeting you So you're I'm here only for a for very, until, very short time. Until June Like once it's June I'm back home in Singapore Have you been here a long time? or Since uh, February yeah. Oh, that's a very short time then. So four it months. It is. It is. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, about four-ish months. Five. Yeah. You know, have you have you taken anything out of the local culture at all? Uh, over here, drink yeah. drinking lots and lots of drinking. <laughs> Not <laughs> doesn't go extremely well with Kandama. I tried no, playing doesn't. under the influence, and I just thought, damn. <laughs> like Sheffield's very very quiet. It's a quiet town. I mean, lots lots of students. So when even when you hit to the pubs, I think it's just generally. I mean, rowdy. this is this is kind of it's influenced by the place where you're living, which is right city centre. Yeah, like proper city centre. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're going to be mixed up with all of the students living around. That's right. That's right. Yeah, which is great. Uh, the, but let it be known, there are many, many, many Sheffield suburbs outside of here. I've been to Hillsborough. Oh, you've been yeah. to Hillsborough, have you? Hillsborough, like, that's a really suburban <laughs> part of town. I went there, it was nothing, it's just houses. Why did you go to Hillsborough? Oh, I went to get a computer. Like, <laughs> I went to buy a second-hand computer from a guy, so I, he was like, you have to meet me in Hillsborough. And then I was like, uh, how do I get there? 
you, you just find your way there. That's like, okay. So I took the tram. You get the tram, or you get the fifty-two yeah. to the Hillsborough terminus. I just, I just. It's you know now, though, don't you? Now, now I do. Now I do. You know now. You'll yeah. never go again. But you know I'll never now. go again. I, I walked to, <laughs> I walked to Attercliffe as well, which I, which I found was the strangest thing ever. Because now walked, I realise you walked to Attercliffe. It's like forty minutes. It's but, a really long way in that that way. In that way, yeah. So I, I wanted to explore around the area, so I asked people around. I was like, you know, some of my classmates in school. It's like, See, Attercliffe is not a good place to be I know, walking I realised, I realised because to be it's a bunch of massage parlours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't go walking around Attercliffe, man. Yeah, I know. I learned that firsthand. I was exploring it and I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is not my scene. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the plan when you go back to Singapore? I run a I run a YouTube channel back home. So if you ever want to check out, it's a lot of local humor, um, and I think we're at about maybe three hundred thousand subs right now. Oh, that's amazing! Local, so like really specific Singapore style. I mean, there's there's a lot of Singaporean references, but there are some things which I think the international audience could like, you know, that's they would amazing. identify with. Yeah. yeah. What would you say if I would ask you what you've gathered from your your time here? Is is a quintessentially English or British or Sheffield thing. Everyone speaks their mind. Like, they, they will say whatever the fuck they want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's beautiful, you know. Singapore, um, it's definitely, like, we are very conservative people. Right. Like, in general. Like, I do liberal arts, right? So, obviously, I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm more outspoken. But for the majority, they tend to be a bit more conservative in their in the way they speak and yeah. how they voice their opinions. But over here, everyone's like, yeah, if, if, if they don't like the government, it's a fuck this guy, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a prick, what a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Elliot there, ending, uh, ending that strong. dispatch yeah. with the, the worst word in the English language <laughs> uh, from an English student. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a funny little insight. <laughs> was Elliot, Elliot was a, a really entertaining guy. And it turns out that's because he runs a YouTube channel you in se- have Singapore. You, have you checked it out? Yeah, it's really professional. Wow. Really popular. Like, they're, he's a celebrity in Singapore. Really? I think so, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I just bumped into him because of Kendama, because I was drunk. I checked out the stuff. It's really, some of it's really funny. Yeah. I can see how, what he means about Singaporean stuff. But there's some really broad strokes that people would get. I added him on Facebook, and he said... That when he gets back to Singapore, he will send us something. Well, uh, welcome new Singaporean listeners. Yeah, so that was Elliot and his YouTube channel is called Tree Potatoes, I believe. Tree Potatoes. Yeah, I think there's about five or six of them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very funny. As a native Sheffield person, it's like, oh, what? I, I fancy going for a walk in Sheffield. <laughs> oh, I'll ask my friends, where should I go for a walk? <laughs> go to Attercliffe. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's great. It's buzzing down there. So bizarre. That's I mean, like for a, for a city that is renowned for its greenery. In fact, you remarked on it today because uh, yeah. you came up from London today. It is very green. It's, we've always said, whether it's true or not, greenest city in Europe. This greenest city in Europe, Sheffield. Everyone says that. Don't know if it's true. And that he, is the most like he walked into dark the, the area concrete full of derelict steelworks. Yeah, Attercliffe <laughs> is the kind of place that's just sort of been left. Yeah. To his own devices since After, 1985. Yeah. Whereas he could have walked the opposite direction mm-hmm. and walked into the Peak District National Park. Yes. I mean... <laughs> Which is a world-famous national park. Sheffield's very famous and popular with people who come to Sheffield as being 
30 seconds away from the countryside. Yeah. You li- you'd literally drive through Crosspool or wherever. And he walked 45 minutes in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Even after he got through Attercliffe, the only thing he was going to hit was Meadow Hall or Rotherham. Like, yeah. it was never going to get any better. Unless he did the five weirs walk. Now, that, that's a very nice... I imagine that's probably what he was aiming to do. Maybe it was, actually. But still, that's pretty low on the list. Again, all of the stuff to do with Elliot has been very specific. Either Kandama-based <laughs> yeah, yeah. or uh, Sheffield-based. And if you're not in any way knowledgeable about either of those... Listen, Chris, you know, you, know, you write what you know. And we know Sheffield. That's and true. I know Kandama. That's true. So... This would be terrible if we did a podcast about Yo-Yo in Singapore. Oh, yeah. That's Elliot's podcast. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, he was a super cool guy, and I hope to hear from him again. But he's really famous, so... I mean, we're just two English guys talking to themselves in a bath. It's like He's like one of those guys who puts up an Instagram post, and in five minutes, there's like 300 likes. (laughs) We get about... That is how I... that's (laughs) That's what I value in this society now. Thanks for... Getting in the bath with us, Elliot. Yeah, thanks a lot. That was the first interview, the bathroom, first bathroom interview, I think. So yeah. it was good. It was good. I think there's still plenty of people to interview, I suppose. Oh, yes. So this could become a recurring feature, maybe. Maybe. I think John needs to toddle over oh, onto yeah. your side of the bath. Go over there. Oh. Hello, John. Yeah, conditioned by Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not particularly hairy, but he is... Downy hair. Adorable. What do they have? Feathers. 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 (laughs) What do those birds have? You know those birds that they have in ponds? Ducks, right? Yeah. What do they have? Fur? (laughs) Is it fur? Duck fur. Fur? Got a duck fur jacket. Wing fur? What are you on about? This next dispatch, Chris, is the first one where I've actually revisited uh, an older dispatch. Uh Now, this dispatch that I'm revisiting is from the uh, infamous Sleep Deprived Beatles special. Oh. Where I famously did a bad impression of Paul McCartney. <laughs> uh, so I've taken this idea and attempted to do an actual good impression of another aged rock star. Brilliant. This is the second time I've attempted an impression and the first time I've attempted to write an actual comedy sketch, I suppose. Oh, this is great. Uh, We're also rewarding our loyal comedy fan base with a callback. To that. the episode that I always tell people not to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a true loyal fan yeah. would understand this reference that you're about to do right now. Okay. Are you ready, Chris? I'm very ready. Here it is. Iggy Pops. Punk puns. I'm Iggy Pop. And this is Iggy Pop's Punk Pons. Some people say I invented punk rock music in 1969. And I say to them, they're probably right. So I'm gonna dress down all those copycat whippersnappers who came in my wake by writing some hilarious jokes. Here's the first one. What do you call a punk band who complain completely? Thoramones. Which punk band poses the most danger 
when digging for coal. Minor threat. What punk band do you get when you cross bees and chickens? The buzz cocks. This one's for my friend Daniel, who I met at Disneyland in Florida. Because old punks still like to have fun. One night in Miami, I suggested to Daniel that he open a glam rock flower store and call it Guns and Roses. I suppose that one only works if you know my friend Daniel Gunson. This one's more of a story. In 1976, David Bowie introduced me to a young punk rocker called Johnny Rotten. I remember one time he walked into the room covered in powdery paint. There was cream, pale blue, mint, soft pink, sea green, and the color of milk coffee. I said, Johnny, what have you been doing? He replied, playing with the six pastels. Do you get it? Because he was covered in six different pastel paints. Okay, that's enough for now. I had another one about Joe Strummer from The Clash and wrestler Dwayne Johnson going into a pub. But some things you just have to figure out for yourself. I'm Iggy Pop, and this was Iggy Pop's Pump Pumps. Great, amazing. <laughs> First of all, I was at that amazing uh, six pastels joke at the end, which was a really long build-up, great payoff. And then you hit that that one at the end with the joke that I have to work out. Go for it. Can you say it again? Joe Strummer and The Rock are in a band together. Joe Strummer. From- Joe Strummer and Wayne- Dwayne Johnson. Oh, so I... Oh, walk into a pub. Do they rock the Casbah? It's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah. things you just got to work out for yourself. So you you just oh you did that thing that I do when you when you write the two elements of a joke and then because you can't actually make the joke you say joke writes itself joke writes itself I can neither you can't confirm actually nor put deny it together that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just writes itself I have to say I think that was better than your macca well thank you it might have been the voice that or maybe you've got better in general but how's your macca like now I'm I'm not I've not tried. Okay. But I, I really like Iggy Pop's radio show. Iggy Pop. And that's basically how it sounds the it whole sounds time. sounds really slow. And... Yeah, it's like that. I think you got some of the cadences very well oh, thank you. And some great jokes. Some <laughs> terrible, terrible I, I, great jokes. They are all original. I actually tried to look up punk puns and couldn't find any on the internet. So I had to write them all myself. <laughs> There's a little punk fanzine in there for you there. Yeah. All four jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a few that I had to get cut. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I can tell them now. <laughs> yeah, go on. What's a Dark Paver's favourite hardcore band? A Dark Paver? Black Flag. 
Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I cut it. <laughs> uh, What's the Beavers' favorite punk band? I don't know. The Damned. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's terrible. But I did just make it up then. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, the what? big question is: Should I give up on doing impressions of aged rock stars? That was much better, but maybe yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna draw another card. Okay. Just to see what it what it brings us. Go outside. Shut the door. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go outside. Shut the door. That was the uh, the card that I just drew from the oblique strategies, and that's what me and Sam are going to do now. What what we'll do is open the window, and then we'll yell in the window. Do you yeah. think it'll pick yeah, up? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We're going outside. We forgot to take John outside. Chris, John's going to jump out the window. All right. You got him? Yeah. He's fine. He's okay. I think he's a bit cold out here, Sam. Yeah, I think I'll have to shut him back in. Let's see if we can shut him back in. John's coming back. John, you're going back. Upstairs. Oh dear me. <sighs> sorry, John. I'm really sorry. Welcome back, bathers. Uh, we're back in our seats, back in the bath here, and we've just caught our breath. Uh, John's here too. He's looking a bit shell shocked, but he's going to go over to Chris for a nice, comforting cuddle. Yes. I think an auspicious start for John the Duck. Uh, he's still got the same expression, so he must be alright. So, my second dispatch is about beards. Oh. So, uh, as this is an audio medium, I should probably describe myself to you. I am a bearded man. <laughs> yes. I have quite a large, fuzzy, untamed yeah. uh, ginger beard at the moment. I also wear a pair of round spectacles, and I've recently been taken to sporting uh, a navy blue beanie. Oh yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, my brother gave me that kindly because oh. uh, I was trying to steal his other one, but he get, so he gave me one to placate me. 
So uh, with that blue beanie added to the beard and glasses combo, uh, I finally realised a complete hipster look <laughs> that I think I've been sort of vaguely percolating for Cult- about... Cultivating. For, yeah, cultivating slowly by accident for the last five or six years. Yeah. Uh, and it's I've sort of got it about ten years too late. But anyway, that's how these things go. So with this look on my face and a dictaphone in my hand, I hit the streets of Sheffield to ask its good people, and maybe some of its bad people, a few questions about beards. What I wanted to know was, do I look like a troubled poet, or a sexy fisherman, or a shipwrecked graphic designer, or an impressively committed, but ultimately terrible, 1969 John Lennon impersonator? (laughs) I tried to elicit from these people a completely, brutally honest appraisal of my beard, and generally what they thought about beards and this strange beard wave that we're currently experiencing. So here it is. What I'm asking you is for an honest opinion on my beard. What do you think of it? It's cool. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. You sure I don't look like a feral accountant? A little bit. What do you think about my beard? Really, really honest opinion. Is it terrible... Or is it no, good? It's good. It looks good. Have you ever grown a beard yourself? No. No? No. You wouldn't want to? No. You don't My like family insists insist that I stay clean shaven. Oh, your family insists? Yeah. It's interesting to have a beard like that, but I've never had one. Because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to. Wow. I can't imagine not being allowed to. Yeah. What do you think about my beard? Be honest. It's good. What's the problem? Sides need trimming down a bit. Sides need trimming? But the lamp's good, the side needs trimming down a bit. They're a big thing at the moment. I've always wanted a beard since I was a kid. I always yeah. told my mum and my dad how much I wanted a beard. I think they will eventually fade out in the next couple of years, but I think beards are good. I like be- be- beards are manly. Proper proper men have proper beards. What do you think of this? <laughs> it's so cool. It's oh, cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool. You don't think I should cut it off? <laughs> because it's you. I have no requirements, but... If you are my brother or boyfriend, of course I will. Oh, right. I will hope you can cut off your. Oh, I yeah. see. What do you think about my beard? Your beard in particular. That's Quite right. long. It's a little bit too long. Too long. Yeah. But your tash is not. Well, I yeah, mean, your it's... tash is a good length. Yeah. No longer than that. It goes that. with your style. You've got the glasses. Right. Hat. I'm not a beard kind of gal. Me, I have right. to say. It Never. seems to be a divided nation. I like a bit of stubble, but not a full-on beard. No, I like a beard, but that is just a little bit too long. A brutally honest opinion on my beard. Oh, I love it. Really? I'm a Mm. big fan of the ginger. Yeah? Yeah. You've got ginger hair there. I like a beard. That's for the listeners. And (laughs) I'm not even a real ginger. Oh, wow, so you've chosen to be... Yeah, a finger, uh, a fake ginger. Get a little twist You don't think I look like an Irish farmhand? There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Like I mean, you could audition accountant. for a play. I'm not sure, if, maybe like an accountant that's lost his look and, and now he's not got a job, so he's working on a farm. Oh, so both. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner. How about yourself, sir? You, yeah, you're I like it. a little I've got to say I've got a little bit of beard envy, in, in all honesty. Yeah. It I just takes think a while. You need a little bit of a twist. You could. Oh, you think a twist on the Just a little a twist on the end, and yeah. These two, just wax it up a little bit. You look bit. like you've got a gap yes. there. Yeah. Yes. And it could go very Mr Tumnus. I don't like beards. Like, I don't know why. You never uh, had one yourself. Never. I can't. I can't grow one. You know. So I don't know. I think beards like embody like a crisis of masculinity. Like, and men grow old too too soon. So you know, really, you should have a beard when you're about 50, 60. 
How old are you? 26. 26, that's way too early in my opinion, so I'm a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the most sort of uh, sort of political, uh, sort of socially aware take on on the beard that I've heard so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are going, oh, I don't really like them. Yeah, yeah. But you've you've actually said that Tax crisis beards. of mass. <laughs> you, 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 you picked up yeah. on someone who we we have a very specific opinion of what masculinity should be. Oh, so this is a conversation but, you've had many times. Yeah, then. pretty much. Yeah. Although well, yours yeah. yours does suit. I will say this: yours does suit you. There might be an element of jealousy. Me and him, if we had beards, we look like fucking idiots. Women with beards, that's what I want to see. Like, pure feminist, women tough beards. Like, <laughs> All right. That's what I'd like to see. It's fashion. It's a fashion that's come in. It started off with a the, the bit of stubble, didn't it? You know, the unshaven look. You know, women seem to, or men thought, or were told that women like this kind of, like, bit of a stubbly look going on, right? And men have just adapted that and it's grown a full on beard yeah. I mean I'm, I'm seeing like 13 year olds grown, you know walking around with, like full on beards <laughs> they can't grow them yet and they can't grow them yet it's just like wispy it's just, downy yeah, hair yeah it's like wispy downy hair all over the place all right. but it will die away and in a couple of years time you will shave that all off because fashion will dictate that you look like a scrubber yes I don't think you look like a scrubber but fashion will dictate that having a big beard... I mean, there was something in the paper the other day. It says um, 50% of beards, beards have feces in. What do you think about my beard? It's ginger, which is a good thing. I don't look like a shipwrecked person or or like a Mumford and Sons. Like a... Mumford and Sons, you know that yeah, band? I Actually, I think you do look a bit like that now you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this wasn't my first impression. Either. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that's not your first impression. You've got a little bit of a beard yeah. going on there, but it looks kind of like a lazy beard, yeah. a beard that's just happened. That's what it is. That's what it's been like for the last 15 years. <laughs> what I want is a really, really honest opinion on my beard. It's pretty well formed. It's quite good length. It's joined up to the tash. So. That was sort of like a, a football summarizers kind of take on it. <laughs> good form, great <laughs> down the wing, really links up with the midfield. Um, how about yourself? Uh, I don't really like beards that much, sorry. I want a brutally honest opinion on my beard. Oh, no! <laughs> um, brutally honest. I, it's nice. No, no, it's no, no, very no. square at the moment, which I don't really understand. Because right. be- beards should have like a natural curve, but yours oh, just seems very... Do you like beards or not? Personally... No offence, bro. I'm not a massive fan of beard. Because <laughs> my dad has one. It's just a bit weird. It reminds me of my dad. Oh. There's a lot of issues about families to do with beards, yeah, I find. daddy issues. Daddy oh, issues. God. What do you think about my beard? I don't like beards full stop. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of contrasting opinion there on the streets of Sheffield. It was interesting. Really, really interesting. interesting. It's quite... You know, everybody's a bit self-conscious about something about themselves. And you just went, I'm going to find out the answer to this question that is plaguing well, weirdly, me. Weirdly, so the two best people I found on that one were the couple who I met outside Brewdog. The lady who said she was a finger, a fake oh, yeah. ginger. A, f- a phrase I'd never heard I've before, never heard of that either. But uh, I like it. Uh, who pointed out I've got a bit of a Mr. Tumnus thing. Because <laughs> I do have uh, the, the growth of hair on my chin does come down on both sides and is a little bit of a gap in the middle yeah that was very astute there's quite a few things that i'm aware of about my beard that people didn't spot i've got asymmetrical growth yeah but 
and and stuff like that. Yeah, but you're in there all the time checking it out up oh, and close. Constantly, they yeah. just were men on the street or ladies on the street. I thought know? they were far too diplomatic. Yeah, definitely. You couldn't get... So Daniel Gunson, who has already been name-checked before, yeah. <laughs> he helped me out with this, maybe for moral support more than anything else, and handing out cards afterwards. Yeah. And we tried to get uh, the opinion of the middle-aged women coming out of the Lyceum. So okay. that's that's the theatre in Sheffield. Yeah. They'd all just been to see the Full Monty. Oh. Which I'm sure most people know is about male strippers. Yeah. Uh, so we figured they might be a bit boozed up, and, you know, they've had a nice night seeing a, a play about male strippers and they might really be the kind of people to lay in with some proper harsh real life criticism yeah but the problem we came up against was we said oh just recording for a podcast we said what's a podcast <laughs> it's like uh radio for the internet oh no 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 <laughs> <Just won't> <laughs> but i thought they would have been the best people and to be fair they just had a nice night out and they'd seen the penis of some ex-soap actors in the final scene of the play so the first question was, how do people react when you approach them with a dictaphone? Most people. Oh, well. Because the... it seems very brave of you to me, a person who so far made all these dispatches on my own. <laughs> it's actually very easy. I mean, it probably helped that Daniel was there with me. And you were a few drinks in, probably. No. Oh, really? For some of it, but with the first few, we didn't. Okay. What I realized from the beginning is don't walk up to them with the mic up. Yeah. And on. Yeah. That's a bit rude. <laughs> Just have it in your hand and go, excuse me, is there any chance? And actually, most people are quite accommodating because quite, people quite like the thing being po- pointed at them, don't they? Yeah. I really like the guys who got very political about it. Yes. They were very interesting. And they had two points. One, one that you are having a crisis of masculinity, Chris, right now. You shouldn't have a beard until you are much older. 50s or 60s, they said, yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it was an interesting point because you had the one guy fairly early on that who said, manly men have manly beards. Yeah. And then the very opposite of that statement saying, actually, it's the sign that you're probably not that with it. Uh, yeah. With your, with your masculinity there. You just had uh, your belly waxed, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting thing that they brought up, which is a thing, if you will speak to my darling girlfriend you will find a thing that I obsessively think about is what if women could grow beards? Yes. I could talk for hours about this. You have talked for hours about this before I've heard you. Because it's interesting, because if women could grow beards exactly like men grow beards now, so they would grow differently for different people, and you would start getting them when you're in your late teens, and they would grow thicker and thicker as you get older, would women grow beards? Because a beard is a sign that you are older, and a lot of women's uh, makeup and fashion and stuff is always trying about about trying to look younger but a beard is another piece of hair which could be decorated and adorned and you could put lotions and potions in them a lot of women beauty things could come from that oh okay so I, I would see it more like a challenge to the idea of all of those things that you wouldn't have to adorn it because they because they would grow the beards. No, no, but if then it, they would just be. No, no, if we lived in a society where this was natural, it's not. You're not making a statement by growing a beard. Women can just grow beards like men can grow beards. There's nothing special then they about it. Why would they adorn them? Because women Wom- adorn their hair and things, and men can adorn their beards. Men, right? some men do anyway. Yeah, but would women do it more? Would there be dying of your beard? Like, what would beard fashion look like for women's beards? I think, in a weird way, what you're saying is. If we were equal yeah. with our beard-growing abilities, yeah. society would still find a way yeah. of saying, 
ah, but you're a female beard. Yeah. By marketing kind of nice, frilly things that you can put on it. But would it? I don't know. It's a thing that I think about a right. lot. Right, okay. No, I think society's evil. You find a way of, <laughs> of marking out differences. Yeah. Oh, so actually I was leading up to saying, let's cut my beard live on air. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's massive. It is massive. Uh, but I got a lot of notes saying, you really need to trim the sides. Yeah. And there was a we bit about it- waxing. Are we going to cut it all off? No, no. Okay. This is the thing. Actually, I went into this thinking I'll cut it all off. Yeah. But actually, I got some nice positive feedback. And I do like it. And I've had... I go through, like, phases where I go, ah, scraggly as shit. I don't like it. Getting rid of it. And usually that's when it goes, in a fit of peak. Yeah. But I, I actually got quite ni- nice feedback. The colour. People like the colour. Yeah. It is a nice colour. <laughs> so as a follow-up, I'd like to trim my beard live on air. I think we all knew that live grooming was the inevitable path for this podcast. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of people in Sheffield who know me because of my beard now, because I've just interviewed them about it. So now I'm going to cut it off so they won't recognise me. That's I, I, fair. I'm cutting my beard to spite my uh, widening circle of acquaintances. But actually, no, I'm not going to do that. I won't cut it all off. But the note I got most regularly was, you need to do some grooming. Also, to keep it interesting, if we reach a beard impasse... I want you to draw from the oblique strategies and see how we feel <laughs> and uh, see how that uh, decides the beard. Come to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, bathers. Uh, Hello, bathers. We're back in the bathroom. Uh, you might uh, pick up on a slight ambient change. I am about to cut my beard in the bathroom. Here we are. So we've, got it. we've set up a temporary microphone rig. Uh, in front of a mirror here in the bathroom, so Chris can cut his hair. Okay, so let me talk you through the equipment that I've got here. I've got a, a two-variety teeth comb. So what I'm going to do is go, sort of comb through a little bit uh, with the comb first in preparation. It's looking quite nice. I don't really want to cut it. It does look, but it is. <laughs> the, the people are right. It is very bushy. It's very around bushy the side. The so we're thinking square. the sides might need a bit of a trim. So the equipment that I have, I've got that comb. I have a Remington shaver, which I actually broke the very first day I got. I also have some scissors, which are definitely not for cutting hair. No, they are Sainsbury's Kitchen scissors. I definitely didn't steal them from work. (laughs) Um, So that's what we're working with. I don't know how to approach it first. What do you think, Sam? Going by getting haircuts in barbers they tend to go with the scissors first and then with the razor right but i don't know how beards work that much i couldn't possibly grow one as long as yours so so i want to get the i want to get the sides down a bit I quite think, a lot significant i amount. think you should use the scissors to take off bulk. Uh, some bulk get out and some then, bulk yeah now i will say it looks like i don't do any grooming but I do occasionally take out the stray hair. <laughs> Obviously, uh, the looks of it at that the moment... doesn't really count. <laughs> doesn't count. Taking out one hair of that amount of hair. So. Oh, come on. See, obviously I'm going to be very conservative at first because no, this, is a big de- this is a big deal for me. Oh, it, f- it feels very strange just doing it. I feel like I'm just hacking away. You're barely cutting any off. I know. Get stuck in, Chris. I'm just... Let me do it in my own good time. <laughs> for fuck. Come on. Well, what am I meant to do? Just cut more Look, there's a significant amount gone oh, yeah. already, isn't there? It is very curly. 
All right, yeah, let's 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 draw an oblique strategy to get Chris going. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Emphasize the flaws. What? I can't do that. That em- means keeping the sides. And now I've just chopped half of one half. All right. No, don't emphasize the flaws. This is awful. <laughs> What did Brian Eno say in the, in the guidance? <laughs> because I'm sure there must be a way out of this. I think I think he said it's just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion, Chris. It's just mm. a suggestion. So the oblique strategy here says to emphasize the flaws. Of course, Chris is very nervous about the sides of his beard. But right now they're looking very neat. So maybe just neaten them up a bit, but don't actually cut any length off. So they're not much shorter, but they're much neater. Oh, I see. So you've got like neat... Big sides, and then the rest of it's a bit shorter. Just hacking, just hacking away at it. I'm just going in for a fistful. I think once you once you say, I am cutting my beard, this is what is happening, you're quite happy to just hack away. <laughs> what do you, what, what? I think you should stop on the sides now. You think? Yeah. If we're going to go with Brian, you've got to stop on the side. That's as short as the sides are going to go. <laughs> Finding this very stressful. All right, okay, we've, um, we've got a bit of guidance for the side, so let's um, let's draw another card. Which stage are you going to go to next, Chris? The big flary bottom that okay. I've got here. Let's draw a card. Take away the elements in order of apparent non-importance. So that doesn't actually say whether I take away. So take... how much I take away. No. So I would say the bit of least importance is the bit that is actually the gap here. So take so away. Start there. Start there and work outwards. Right. I have started there in the middle. Now, what that has done is make it even squarer. (laughs) They've taken a bit out of the middle, and it looks even squarer, which looks awful now. Really, really horrible. What do you think, John? It's just got a consistent look of horror, this duck. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so it's still very, very square. So I think I should go on to the corners now. Yeah, go on to the corners. Oh, you need to get stuck in. Chris. Yeah, I know, I know. But you've got it. You can. You can't put it back on once it's off, Sam. All right, all right. That's my point. You need to carry on with the bottom. With the bottom? Yeah. And the sides. You need to unsquare it. I don't know how you do that. That's the thing. I'm not qualified for this. Do you want me to have a go? Yes. This is where you step in. We're swapping over. All right, I'm doing it. It's like it's like topiary or whatever. Topiary. Yeah. Potpiri. Potpiri. Oh wow. Oh, wow. This thing is thick. I cannot tell you the fear I have right now. See, you're tickling it as well. No, I'm, I'm working my way in. Because oh. you need to get it even, don't you? So. Well, yeah. You just, you're a butcher. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that's what you wanted. Do you want a square beard? I can give you a square one. It does look a lot better, actually. I think it needed your bravery. I'm getting covered in hair. Like, <laughs> the splashback. Have you ever cut anybody's hair before, Sam? I've cut a bush before. It's not unlike that, is it? <laughs> no, it's really not. You know what? I think it's my own ab- own inability to make decisions and really take the ball by the horns. I feel, actually, beyond the, the first sort of half a minute, I feel much more confident with you doing this because it's out, just out of my hands. <laughs> so you can blame it on me? It doesn't really matter, does it, at the end of the day? I'm having, like, a little moment here. Like, <laughs> sort of... Maybe they were right. Maybe I was having a crisis of masculinity. If I just let these things go and let someone else mould me. 
It does grow out more on that side. It's different. Different on different sides, isn't it? You're now close <laughs> enough that you understand. This is what I have to tell like guys who trim my beard. We're going to need to draw another card, Chris. Let me just assess where I am right now. Well, because we've gone through with the first and the second card now, I feel. And I think we need another card to take us forward. Chris is going to draw another card and we're going to... We're going to go from there. Okay. Don't be frightened to display your talents. Right, let's just cut this motherfucker. So you've got... You're, you're a man with a very talented beard, okay? So we should have no fear and we are displaying it to its fullest. What I don't like about cutting my beard short is it emphasises like the weird it's not patterns short. of the growth. It is short. It's shorter. It is not short. I don't We've still been quite conservative here. Do you really think so? Because yeah. I don't think so. Um, I quite like that the moustache has retained its length. Yeah, we're going to leave that. We're going to leave the sides. The question is the bottom. Do we cut the bottom shorter? I mean, actually, it is good. You've done a good job there. What I feel we might need to do is bring it up. I agree. Often the most difficult part. If you're doing it yourself. All right. Shall we draw the final card? Remove specifics and convert to ambiguities. We're doing the very opposite of that, though. We're removing the ambiguities, which is the the jawline flow, like, down my neck, and creating a specific line. You can't do that with a beard. They're asking absolutely the impossible with a beard. You can't remove specifics from a beard and convert to an ambiguity. Maybe it's the side to stop. Oh, maybe. I'm actually... much better. Near enough happy with it. Also, it'll grow, so... <laughs> it'll grow out. Oh, I suppose as a final touch, that guy outside of the brew dog did say he wanted me to wax it up a bit. I do have some wax somewhere. Chris is rubbing the wax in his hands. He's looking at himself with his mirror face. Have you ever noticed that everybody has a mirror face? Whenever you look in a mirror, you always pull the same face. Well, and you what? can't see your own mirror face. You can only see other people's. You'll notice that from now on, babies. Chris is starting on the moustache. He's pulling it out like a German gentleman. I do look and like a Tsar Nicholas II with this kind of... Yeah, you, you look like a late 19th century politician. I mean, so he's got probably... two points going out and uh, he's waxing it in a pointy downwards motion. It's definitely a much pointier beard. We've got rid of the squareness. Is it a better beard, though? I mean, you'll have to go on the street and find out. Is this a better beard? I'd have to get those... Same people. Same They'll people. probably say, looks pretty much the same. No, they won't. If we spoke to you the other day and we gave you a card, and hopefully you've listened to this, when we post the photo, uh, let us know whether this is an improvement or whether I look like a dick. Or email us with a time and location and Chris will come, up, will come and meet you and interview you. I think, I think we might be done. Yeah, I think we're done. But I don't know how I feel about it. Well, bathers, if you could see the bathroom right now, uh, it's a bit of a mess. There's hair everywhere. There's oblique strategies all over the bathroom mat. It's disgusting. We'd lost John for a bit, hadn't we? Yeah. We found him under a blanket of my hair. Uh, But he's all right. Still smiling. He always will be. Um... (laughs) So I suppose before we go, we just need to remind you uh, that we have an email address. 
communal bathroom <laughs> at gmail.com you can send your dispatches to us your opinions uh any feedback re my beard or anything at all you can send to that email address you can find us on twitter at communal bath uh also on instagram as well i think yeah and we have a facebook page so like us on that if you want also excitingly uh i'm going to remember to put this on itunes soon yes so if you found this through itunes and you've enjoyed it uh you know rate and review or something i don't really know how itunes works because i've not got around to that yet but hopefully that's gonna be a thing yeah that'll be great a wider market well welcome a bigger bathroom any new bathers who've come here today welcome and thanks for listening come in take a pew yeah have a hand towel they're by the door Big thanks go out to Jonathan for sending us John the Duck. Thank you. Our latest bathroom member. We really enjoyed your postcard as well. That was a lot of fun. It's so nice to get physical feedback on a piece of card in someone's handwriting (laughs) rather than a thumb on Facebook. Yeah. We really, really appreciate it and enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. I'd like to thank Daniel for helping me out uh, recording the good people of Sheffield. And I'd like to thank the good people of Sheffield themselves for partaking in my weird little thing there so you can find out uh, all the show notes and you can download individual dispatches if you want i would recommend downloading <laughs> sam's amazing rap put that was easily the best thing in this show put it into your ipod and put your ipod on shuffle and every now and then you'll yeah, get... <laughs> blow people's minds at parties about this <laughs> public information rap about cycling <laughs> be great i'm gonna do it at my next soiree please don't <laughs> Okay, let's get out of here. All right, don't forget to wash behind your ears. Bye, bathers. Bye. Get a real good wash. I don't know. I don't like it. You don't like it? No. It looks good. It looks way better. Way better? Yeah. No. Are you kidding? It was like a square, scraggly mess. But that's me, Sam! <laughs> I'm a square, scraggly mess!